Welcome to Noah Kagan Presents. What's up, everyone? It's your boy, Young Jedi, a.k.a. Rabbi Can't Lose, a.k.a. Noah Kagan. Today, we're doing a deep dive on Jim Rohn. He's a guy you kind of maybe thought you heard of. A lot of people who are today's biggest like personal development coaches and so forth basically copied all his material. <laughs> and so the book uh, and learning from Jim Rohn and what I'm going to share today It was kind of like for me hanging out with my grandpa and he's like sipping that iced tea and he's telling you old war stories about his days in business. But the amount of nuggets of information was unreal. And so I've boiled it down to the essentials. Uh, This is mostly from his book, Seven Strategies for Wealth and Happiness. And it was phenomenal. A lot of the books that I want to be sharing with you guys and the deep dives I'm really going into are things that you're just not reading or you haven't heard about yet. And that's why I'm so excited to share them. So I'm going to jump right into it. So the first thing of the seven strategies is use goals. And I highly recommend this. It's one of these like, yeah, I've heard that before. Noah, shut up. But it's one of the things we still don't do. And maybe you do it in your personal life, but you're not doing it professional. And so uh, Jim highlighted a few key things. So in part of goals, he's like, your dreams are a projection of the life we wish to lead. So as you guys are having dreams, or for me, I would even say sometimes when I'm jealous or envious, it's not that I'm necessarily mad at that person, but it's more reflection on what is it that I actually want? And the more clarity that you can actually have a goal, I've actually found that once you've gotten the goal, like clear, making it happen is easy. You just got to get that clarity about what the dream is or be aware of when you're jealous or envious because maybe there's some goal or thing you actually want. Uh, another thing with his goals is that a lot of times I see for myself, like I'll get successful, like, yeah, I worked really hard. I got something. And then you take a break. And so uh, Jim said it very well, where he's like, it's dangerous to linger too long at the table of success. The only way to enjoy another meal is to get good and hungry. And so I've actually, because of that, sometimes I'm like, all right, are you hungry, Noah? Or like, literally, am I hungry? I'm like, yeah, okay, good. Just stay hungry. Uh, and it's a good thing to just never be too comfortable. That'll keep pushing you to become better. And lastly, with goals, it's like, unless you have goals, it is impossible to manage your time effectively. And I think that's so strong because otherwise you're just going to be all over the place. One of the things last night as I was organizing the podcast, I was like, I had all these things going on and I was like, well, what is my goal? And then what things will make the most impact to my goal? And this is the same thing in our business with sumo.com. We have one goal for the year. And then the team actually, a few days ago, I was like, hey, can we do this? And they're like, does it help the goal? And I was like, I'm your boss. You do what, you, what I say. You do as you're told. And uh, they're like, no, we're the boss. And I was like, that's true. All right, do, it, do what's helpful towards the goal. Uh, so use goals. Number two, seek knowledge. Uh, I really like this one. Jim, he just drops these quote bombs like crazy. Just get crazy on the hashtag Instagram. If you wish to be successful, study success. If you wish to be happy, study happiness. Success leaves clues. And I I can't say this better than he did. That's exactly it. So just go look at what successful people are doing and see what you're not. And a lot of times there'll be pretty obvious things. Maybe they're getting up earlier. Maybe they're reading a bit more. Maybe they're putting in better work. Maybe they're surrounding themselves with better people. Maybe they're going to certain events. Maybe they're dressing better. Just go study the successful people that you want to mirror. Next up, study your own positive and negatives of your life. And this is probably one of the hardest things in seeking knowledge, right? That the things that are actually becoming self-aware is very challenging and you got to learn quickly from it. So as something goes bad, I love when things go bad, right? Like when I do something incorrectly, 
uh, I'm like, okay, well, what can I learn from that experience? Right. So for me, for the past, maybe two years or so, I don't think I, I, I call it my unleashed self. I don't know where the fuck it came up with it, but I feel like I've been doing 30% work, meaning that like, I'm like, okay, I'm working, but I'm not really doing my like ultimate work. And I think, you know, exactly what my lobians, you know what I'm talking about? My ear lobians up in your ear, you know, you're like, yeah, you know, I think I've done good work, but my great work and my epic work where I was in my flow and my zone and my hundred percent or 80% unleashed was when I was doing this. And so I reflected back on that, uh, in terms of studying my negatives and things that, uh, that I wanted to get. And I was like, man, when I was working on creating content and like helping people with their marketing and then kind of like using Sumo as a product a lot more, man, I was in my zone. And so you have to not necessarily go backwards, but understand what elements were in those parts that you would say is a negative of your life and look how do you reproduce the positives. So I was like, well, in the past years, I've just kind of been going through the motions. Let me go back and see like, oh, when was my zone time and go really into that. Other things you can do to study uh, and seek knowledge is published material, so books, right? Number two is listening to wisdom or following people that you admire or want to learn from. They've already figured it out. Why are you trying to reinvent the wheel? So that's podcasts, audiobooks. I was going to say tapes for the new old school people out there. Uh, number three, go observe the winners and losers in person, right? I, I can't tell you how many times I've gone to a seminar. It's my Mima loves to call them and I miss her. And at these seminars, I've been able to meet so many people, make so many connections. And also, I just get so inspired. Even if the person on stage is talking about googly goggly, whatever the hell, I just start writing notes of things that I'm thinking about for my business based on what I'm inspired by. So that's why you've got to generally go seek out knowledge. Don't just wait for it to knock on your door. I'm still waiting for my wife to knock on my door. It hasn't happened yet. Same thing with knowledge. You got to go out and seek it. Number trace, learn how to change. All leaders are readers. You are what you read. I'm going to say that one more time. And you can quote this shit, tweet it, whatever you need to be doing. All leaders are readers. You are what you read. So some of you out there say, well, Noah, I'm dyslexic, Tom Cruise. <laughs> I hate reading. And I notice when I'm not reading and I'm watching movies or doing Netflix or whatever else instead, it's because I have a shitty book. And that's what it was kind of dawned on me because I was like, man, I'm not reading anymore these days. It's like, yeah, because that one book stuck me. Throw the book away. Change it. If you're looking for books on OK Dorks, just search uh, 18 books that changed my life or Google that and you'll be able to find some of my favorite books. As well as if you hate reading, go get Audible if you hate to read. If you hate Audible, go subscribe to more podcasts and topics you want to improve on. One of the things that I've done is that you can actually go search in the iTunes store for certain topics like marketing, growth hacking, sex, whatever it is you want to do, and you can get specific podcast episodes just on that. Another thing that's been kind of crazy, especially when I've like checked out gym stuff or other books in my, in my life, I always am like amazed. I think all these words have lived here in these pages my whole life, and I ignored it. I didn't even know about it. And then it really gets me thinking, what the hell else is out there that's so great just like this? They just, they assemble the words in such a great order that it's changed my life. And it makes me wonder what other books are out there. So all leaders are readers and you are what you read. Go get the hell out and make sure you're reading and adding new stuff to your brain. One thing that, that I definitely believe on is, is Jim talks about this. And I've, I've said this a lot of times is that standard education will bring you standard results. So if you're learning from the same blog from the same place as everybody else, how are you supposed to beat everybody else? You're not. You're going to get to the same place they are. So you've got to go and say, like, if there, is there a book that like seems a little more obscure? Is there a person that's maybe a little bit more off the beaten path? Is there someone that you maybe have to fly to go meet in person because they're a little more old school? That's probably going to get some more interesting knowledge that'll give you the edge to get you above average results. 
Another thing in learning how to change is that repetition is the mother of skill. And one of the things I've noticed is that what was once hard becomes easy. What was once hard becomes easy. And so repetition is mother of skill and what was hard becomes easy is doing things over and over. Have you guys ever done anything that you did it and the first time you're like, I am so scared. But the second time you're like, I can't believe I was scared of that. Think about that. What, what was it for you? For me, it was ATVing was one of the first things I can think of was that it was my brother's bachelor party and we were ATVing and there's this hill and I was like, there is no way in this earth that I'm able to get over this hill. It's like no way the ATV can even stay on the hill. And I was so scared. And then I just said, you got to go with it. Like, that's my compass. That's my direction. Go into it. And I went over the hill and I was scared as shit. I want to say a bad joke like, oh, and then I died. But obviously you're hearing my voice, so I didn't die. And I made it damn through the hill. And then I spent the rest of the day doing that hill and other hills that were even harder. And so doing the repetition of that hill, making it easier, and it eventually just became easy. And then you can go on to your next challenge. Jim talks about as well with learning how to change discipline is the only vehicle for real progress. You got to get excited about it. It is the most a key ability that is necessary for things to grow. And so think about where, how is your discipline? If you had to rate your discipline on a one to discipline scale, are you pretty disciplined about things? Like if you say you're going to do something, do you follow through with it? Is your discipline strong? If not, start with something small. Here's a small one. Brush your teeth twice a day. I love brushing my teeth twice a day. Here's a second one. You want an easy one that's a discipline? Never have a dish in the sink. Discipline starts with small things and builds up. Never, you know, here's a third one. Close your toilet seat lid. It's disgusting. Close the cover too. My mom always uh, encouraged me to do that. So turn your lights off. Fourth discipline. Practice small things that will build up to larger disciplines in your personal and in your professional life. This is one that you guys have heard of, but I'm going to repeat it in terms of learning how to change. For some reason, just myself and others at times, we, we've, what we value is different. And the key thing is that there's a huge difference between cost and value. And you guys know this, but for some reason, you and me still struggle with it. And we really got to get in the mindset and also give you the specific quote. What is it worth instead of what it costs? So you may have a therapist. My therapist is, I think, 125 an hour, which sounds like a lot, but is it worth a lot more than that actual cost, right? Or I paid uh, $500 to hang out with Jason Fried. That wasn't a cost. That was an investment that was worth it. Or I'm paying $1,600 to fly for one day to go hang out with some people that I really want to meet and I think I'm going to learn a lot from. That is the value and worth versus just what I'm spending on it. So you really got to start thinking about that uh, in when you're spending money. I think older generations are kind of still in the spending mode. When newer generations, it's really how do I invest? And yourself as an investment is literally the best return you could possibly get. Jim talks about, uh, in addition to learning and change and wrapping up, is that choose the most successful person you know. And if you don't know any successful people, maybe you're in Wyoming. I always pick a state and they're like, no, Wyoming's popular, man. Fuck you. I'm like, all right, fine. But it's Wyoming today. <laughs> so if you're in Wyoming and you don't know a successful person, ask the most successful person you know who is the most successful person they know and take them, him or her, out to dinner. So you may think about it, and people are really funny with this, but I've gotten you know Taco Deli gift cards, which are my favorite tacos, and people will send me like a twenty to fifty dollar gift card. They then they expect me to do like, hey, can you just fix my business? Which I'm like, no, I won't. But just spending a little bit of money makes me know their name, and then when they have a short question, I'm like, sure, you've already given me something, and not just telling you guys all good to go do that, go do that. But what Jim says, and I thought this was a great quote, is poor people don't take rich people out to dinner. That's probably why they're poor. And you may argue, well, 
if they're rich, can't they already afford their own dinner? Yes. But the point is, if you're actually trying to get their attention, you have to also figure out things, either maybe gifts or ideas or experiences or dinners that they wouldn't just do themselves. That's a treat. So for them, like $100 dinners, yeah, it's fine. I'll go out. But the amount that you can learn and the relationship you can have from that, you don't think that'll be worth $100 in the future? Exactly. Number four, control your money. Jew life. Come on now. <laughs> I was raised on this. And maybe some of y'all weren't raised on the Jew life. I was born uh, on a balance sheet. I don't know if you guys know about that. The first uh, thing they give you to read is uh, the stock ticker symbols. It's Jew jokes. You guys don't know about that. But Jim says, and I thought this was really strong, is to have more than you've got, you've got to become more than you are. To develop an above average income, you've got to become an above average person. Think about that, right? If you want to have more, you've got to become more. Are you doing more? Do you have more? And if you don't, it sounds pretty simple. You just got to go do more. So when you're going through a sales slump, if things aren't, you know, if your product isn't working, if your job sucks, if your relationship sucks. So when you're going through a sales slump, stop thinking about, oh, I wish it was easier. Stop wishing it was easier. Wish you were better. Don't wish for fewer problems. Wish for more skills. Don't wish for less of a challenge or a lighter workout or something easier. Wish for more wisdom. Welcome the winters, the cold times, the hard times, and take advantage. One time I was with my good buddy Neville and we're paddleboarding, and the wind was like the worst it's ever been uh, coming into us when we were doing paddleboarding. And I was like, I was being whiny. I'm going to do my new voice. Neville, it's so cold and it's windy. And it's so hard, Neville. I'm done. And Neville was like, dude, just think of it as a better workout. And the fact that he kind of had that perspective and the fact he was like, work through it and don't wish it was easier, wish it were better was really strong. And it's, I think that was three years ago and I still remember that. So control your money, control yourself, and that's how you're going to get ahead. Number five, master time. Paul Graham said it, and I thought it was so interesting, is that we only have so many birthdays. I never thought about that, but you're only probably going to have 100, 200, depending on how long. Maybe Chad is going to have 400. You're only going to have so many birthdays. So time is your most important thing. If you take away anything from what we talk about in the Jim Rohn deep dive, time is your most important thing. And we all have the exact same amount of it. We all have 24 hours. And anyone else have different? And so to be successful with that, you know, with that limited amount of time we have every day, you must eliminate anything stunning your growth, any self-imposed limitations that are stunning you, procrastination or blame, right? You have limited time. You've got to prioritize your time better. One of my favorite books, especially with self-imposed limitations is Art of Happiness by the Dalai Lama. A lot of what he talks about in there is how words hold us back. Like when you say, hey, my work is, oh yeah, my work is shit blah, blah, blah. It's like, why are you saying your work is shit? Oh yeah, that's good shit. Da, da, da. It's like, no, it's good stuff. It's great work. You don't have to you know, be aware of the words you use. They will limit yourself. And so in terms of prioritizing your time and getting better, check out my other episode about the 5 a.m. challenge. So literally by noon, and I'm recording this during my 5 a.m. challenge, is that by noon, I've been able to get most everything I want done for the day. I'm getting more done for the, by noon than most people are getting done in a week. The 5 a.m. challenge is to start your day at 5 a.m., and have a checklist of things you want to do in priority order towards your goals, as we talked about earlier. And I promise you, by noon, you'll have the rest of the day to yourself and you'll have so much done. You'll feel very proud of yourself and you'll feel damn good. So 
one thing that Jim talks about with time and, and growth in general for having wealth and happiness is that once you have a good job, let's say you're working at sumo.com, ding, ding, uh, it's easy to stop pursuing mental development. And that's where plateaus happen. And Adam says this, my buddy from my body tutor, he says, a lot of successful people stop doing the things that made them successful. And I think that's so true. And how do you know when that's happening? It's two things. One, you're asking yourself that question, man, I'm not really growing, I'm plateauing, right? That's probably when you're thinking about it. Or two, you're bored. So if those things are happening, that is your chance to be like, I need to go back to some things that were working in the past and mix it up to get things moving forward. So for me, I think a lot about the tech sector, you know, Sumo.com, marketing tools, and working at Facebook and Mint and Microsoft and Intel. Tech accelerates. And I always thought about it when I was traveling, like I was traveling Thailand. I'm like, no one waits for anyone. It's going to keep moving forward. So you can't expect to just hold a job and expect it to remain the same. Like at Intel, everything used to be on paper. Then it was on Excel. And I'm praying for my stock and in general that they've moved a lot to the cloud and automation. But nothing will stay the same. And so if you keep practicing discipline, like we talked about earlier, that will affect this and make it so much easier for you. And I do believe this. What you do in one thing, you're going to do in all things. You start settling for one thing, you're going to start settling for a lot of things. You start building up discipline, you're going to have better discipline. So mastering your time is a lot of these different components that we're talking about. You have limited time. You got to remove your self-limiting beliefs, procrastination, and blame, right? You got to start having a little more discipline and building that into yourself, you got to be aware that, hey, am I plateauing? Am I stopped mentally developing? Well, not like that, but are you still pursuing to improve your self-development? And ant, it's weird to talk about ants, but learn the ant philosophy. Be the ant. <laughs> so ants plan all summer for winter. They don't just work all winter and then take off summer or work all summer and take off winter. They're always planning for the future and they're always working. They never quit. And I'm not saying to work hard and, and not enjoy what you're working on. And we'll talk about that and enjoy, you know, not working. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but they never quit. So I want you to be the ant. Here's four other techniques uh, to master your time. Number one, how to say no. It is a really hard thing. So recently someone asked me to give them a quote for their book on Skype. And I said, no. <laughs> and then he's like, well, what if I read the quote for you? And I said, no just like Monty Python. And so he was like, man, you're not a nice guy like I thought you were. And I was like, it has nothing to do with me being a nice guy. I think I'm a nice person. I just have other things I want to do with my time. So you've got to stop apologizing for saying no to people. Here's a phrase that Jim had. Here's one that you can use. No, I don't think I can. But if that changes, I'll give you a call. Another thing that I've been trying to do is be very appreciative of people who want to have me for an interview or asking you something and help them if you can but stay true to the no. So if they email me for something, I say, hey, thank you so much for that. I don't think I can do it or I can't do it. Be honest. I can't do it. Here's maybe something that can help you. And that's a great way that they don't have a bad impression of you. Maybe if you, that matters and you help them and you say no at the same time. Number two, I really love this one. When you work, work. And when you play, play. Otherwise, you're cheating yourself both ways. <laughs> Sorry, I was thinking of weird sexual stuff. For me, I've actually struggled with this. I'll do these workations and I will go to, you know, I did an RV trip with my brother. So we RV'd and disc golfed around Kansas City. And I would kind of work half the day and I would kind of like play half the day and I would kind of work and neither was really satisfied. And I just felt cheated on both of those. And so I decided I'm only going to work like play while I'm on vacation. And so I've started committing to that and it enabled me to not feel guilty and be fully present and enjoy when I'm playing. And then when I'm working in the morning, or when I'm at the office, I'm like, no, I am working. Please do not talk to me. Next, 
telephone, email, apps, they are for your convenience. They are your employees. Stop letting them tell you what to do. You are the boss. So I'm going to challenge you right now, open your phone and delete every one of your social apps except one. I'll let you keep one, whatever one you spend the least amount of time on, but delete the apps that are bossing you around, specifically the social apps. They distract you. So you can keep one. Next, this is something I've been trying and it's been really, really effective. Have an agenda on your outgoing calls. And it's been so interesting. Or when you get on the phone with someone, hey, can we create a quick agenda? Yeah, what do you want to talk about? Okay, this, here's what I want to talk about that. And it actually makes the calls go a lot quicker. And I think both parties get what they want. Those are ways of mastering time. Number six, surround yourself with winners. So ask yourself, this is something I want you to think about right now. My Lobians, think about this. How are your peers and friends doing in business? This can apply to other parts of your life, but let's focus just on business. Ask yourself, how are your friends doing in their business? Okay. So are you surrounding yourselves with the people who are doing the things that you admire and doing things that you want to be doing? Exactly. So you need to be surrounding yourself with those people. You need to be surrounding yourselves with people who won't put up with your usual baloney. I love Neville. And why is because I'll send him an article and I'm like, dude, this is good. And he's like, that was the worst article you've written this week. <laughs> and then I send him like a product we created a few years ago. He's like, I can't believe you'd actually sell this. You've got to be around the people that push you to become better. Don't join an easy crowd. Go where the expectations are high and take responsibility for your behavior, positive and negative. And as we talked about earlier, if things that are bad happen, go learn from yourself. So think about this. I'll talk about exercising. It's an easy one for me, but I started hanging out with people like JR and Adam who exercise a lot. And guess what? So do I. And if you're in a remote area for business, let's say you're around a remote area, you work at Best Buy or Target or at Pizza Hut, and you're around a bunch of crappy people. Not saying that the people there are crappy, but most probably are. But say you're around a bunch of crappy people and you don't have anyone that like is setting the bar higher. All right. So what do you do? Join an online group or a mastermind group. There's a bunch of courses. There's a bunch of things. That's a great way to meet the coach and meet other people who are trying to aspire to change their situation, not stay where they are. Number two, go move. You don't have, no one's requiring you to stay in Wyoming, people. I guess Jackson Hole's pretty cool for the rich people, but no one's requiring you to stay where you are. Move. Lastly, go work for free. Charlie Hohen, if you haven't read his stuff, I highly recommend it. He's really encouraged this. And you're like, oh, I don't want to work for free. No. Well, why don't you just stay where you are and stop complaining about it then? But if you want to improve, if you want to get better, be around the winners and go work for a winner for free. And please don't email me saying, hey, I want to work for free. What can I do? That is the worst thing possible. What you actually have to do is put in a little bit of input and effort so you get a maximum output. So for someone like me, my goal is 100,000 downloads for this podcast per episode. So if you wanted to work for free for me, not just saying for me, for anyone that you admire, anyone you want to work with, go propose something towards what their goals are instead of asking them what they need help with. So lastly, when you're working with different people and as well as you're hanging out with people, I'm sure you notice your energy levels. And if you haven't read The Power of Full Engagement, I love that book about maximizing your energy throughout the day, not just about maximizing time, maximize your energy. And a key thing I want you to think about is think about who you really admire. And when you spend time with them, you're like, man, I love this person. I want you to remember this quote, expand more time with the right people. Expand more time with the right people. And the last tip for living, having a wealth and happiness of life is learn how to live well. And I was super glad that Jim was actually able to talk about this and bring this up because so much of business is like, make money, get more money. Or I was talking to a friend and he was like, yeah, I just kept working and uh, divorced and more money. And I'm like, dude, I mean, is that, is that, if that's what he wants, then I'm happy for it. But make sure for yourself, you're getting what you want. And I like that Jim says, take time out from all the work to make sure you're knowing how to live well. 
So a few of the things that, that he's talked about is always go for the biggest tip possible, right? So tip is actually to ensure promptness. I don't know if you knew that acronym, but when you tip someone, it's to ensure promptness. So what he calls it is a two-quarter person where normally you give a quarter when you tip. This is back in his days, <laughs> but be the person that gives a little bit more. So for you, you'll actually feel, and I've been doing this for the past two weeks and I've loved it. You'll feel more prosperous, more confident, more generous. And then that person will feel so fucking great. It changes their life. It doesn't really impact your life. You will never regret tipping more, right? And you frankly don't even know that the money is gone. And a way to even think about it if you're, uh, from a greedy standpoint is that it should almost motivate you to make more money from giving it away. Because you give it away, you have less. You're like, all right, well, I need to go even make more. Someone was telling me they try to spend all their money every month so that next month they have to start all over and go make even more money. And I was like, that's kind of a weird ass concept, but maybe. <laughs> so, you know, on a plane recently, I was flying somewhere and I tipped the flight attendant 50 bucks. I was talking to my buddy, Derek Halpern. He's like, dude, just tip him crazy. See what happens. And I tipped him $50. And I, it was literally the best flight I have ever had. So the guy was like, do you want a drink? Do you want the champagne? Do you want whatever it is? And I was like, damn, all right. Tipping high works out well. And I didn't do it just to get better service. I was just like, hey, I think you're going to be a great person. I wanted to tip in the beginning to ensure promptness and great service. And overall, it was just a great experience. So I highly recommend to live well, tip well. Number two, instead of thinking about yourself, go buy things for others. A lot of times when I do this, for me, it's not necessarily just, I don't, you know, sometimes a lot of us struggle with buying things for ourselves, but when you buy for others, it's so exciting to imagine all the excitement that they get to feel out of this experience. And I just love it. It's so cool. You send someone a gift or you write a letter. One of the things I've been doing is writing a letter every week and just knowing that they're going to get it and open it and know that you've been thinking about them is such a great excitement. And that's a great way to live well is when you buy something for another. Uh, lastly is invest in the things that really give you joy. Repeat that again. So we're learning how to live well. Invest in the things that really give you joy. And it doesn't have to be expensive things. Don't get me wrong. It doesn't have to be expensive. I got literally a $3 lacrosse ball and it makes my leg feel so much better. And it gives me happiness. So go and study and be aware of the art of living well and what gives you joy. Invest more in that. And what doesn't, spend less in that. So for example, cars. My buddy Sujin loves nice cars. So guess what? He gets nice cars because he loves racing and he's into it. For me, I had a nice Jaguar. And I ended up selling it, losing $15,000 after a year because I literally, it was, I was happier getting rid of the car and losing 15000 than having it. And that's what I realized. Like one of my learnings was like, look, a nice car doesn't matter to me. I don't care about that. I'm super happy with my scooter and now I'm trying to buy an old Miata. <laughs> so that is the last thing, you know, invest more in the things that give you joy. So I really hope you've enjoyed these seven things to have a health and happiness in life, which is a deep dive on Jim Rohn. Number one, use goals, set goals if you don't have them. I always pick one goal a year for a business and we target that. Number two, seek knowledge. Go out there. It doesn't just knock on your door. Number three, learn how to change. Are you learning and reading things? Are you investing in things? Are you practicing discipline? Learn how to change. Number four, control your money right? You've got to work harder to get more. To be more, you've got to work more, right? You've got to actually like go into the harder things. Number five, master your time. There's only so many birthdays, as PG said, and you really got to figure out how can I prioritize my time best. Number six, surround yourself with winners. I always think the word is whiners, but it's winners. So surround yourself with winners. Avoid the whiners. Number seven, learn how to live well. We're not just working for work's sake. Work hard, enjoy hard. I always hate when people say work hard, play hard. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to play soft, fool. So I hope you enjoyed this notes as much as I have. And Jim Rohn is the man. Check out more of his stuff. He's got great stuff on YouTube. You can, it's a free college online, which is youtube.com. So I have a challenge for you. Ch -ch -ch challenge 
Commit to reading one book this month, and I want you to leave a comment on OKDork about the book you're reading. So go leave a comment there about the book you're reading, and I will do a giveaway. I love giveaways with my challenges, so I will buy someone who leaves a comment one of my favorite books, and it'll be a surprise. So go leave a comment about what book you're reading, and I will give someone my favorite book. Have a great day.